And we're live and recording. Hi, I'm Liam. Hi, I'm Sean. And this is Two Millennials in Tech. Yo, you sound like you went to private school just there in that intro. <laughs> uh, that's probably the funniest thing you ever said. <laughs> Reason being, I could 100% imagine somebody from my, my class in school just being that like cringy. <laughs> um, that's literally like what all the private school lads sound like as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, yeah, it's so so accurate. Um, but yeah, here we are, ready to go. We got a got a couple of follow ups to things that we've been talking about. Some pretty cool uh, cool raises uh, from companies that are doing some cool things. And uh, yeah, shout out Toronto that is reopening uh, after a hundred and something number of days. So maybe life will be a little bit more uh, normal. Kind of feels like we've been in lockdown literally forever. Um, yeah, but like one question I have, like, do you feel like anything ever changed? No, I can strongly say that I feel like every week has kind of been similarly the same. Yeah. Um, I've, I've honestly like noticed no difference in my life since last March. Yo, we're almost coming up on a legit year. Yeah. Yeah. Quick side tangent on that before we before we dive in. Um, funny how it was Paddy's Day last year was when it was the last time we went out. Everyone's like, oh, what's this whole COVID thing? You know, like, don't worry about it. It's fine. We were like walking around like messing, like coughing and stuff. And yeah, here, here we are. <laughs> Yeah, who's laughing later. now? Yeah, one year, yeah. one year later, I haven't socialized since. Yeah, obscene. Belfast love, shout out. Shout out to all the people that night who made it. Made it great. <laughs> one for the books. Remember yeah. John Tory? He was like the Toronto mayor. He was talking about having St. Patrick's Day again over the Christmas to like not have it lost day, like the parade or whatever. Just never happened. Yeah. Let us down. Parade is shit anyway yeah honestly um so yeah where where do you want to start on this um i know you did a couple of cool things maybe let's start with the follow-ups so yeah part of x what's uh what's the follow what what's new there from when we last yeah. spoke about them so we talked about carta x um a couple of weeks ago and it's basically like uh people selling like private companies selling like their employee owned like stocks or options or things like that. Um, it's basically giving employees and shareholders like a way to sell their shares to investors uh, without having to wait for an IPO. Um, and we explained a lot of the details about like why that's good, why that's valuable, um, all these types of reasons on the last episode. So I won't go into it in, uh, in too much detail. But um, yeah, so like basically what's happening is since the last time we talked about it, there's just been an insane amount of uh, growth in this kind of sector. This, I guess, like if you were to group it together, it's just, um, I'm sure a cool name will come out for it soon, but it's um, the ability to liquidate shares in the private market without having to wait for an IPO. Um, so this, this kind of sector is growing a lot. Um, 
I mean, I know that like retail investing in general is growing quite a lot with all the Robinhood traders. Um, and for example, something like Carta X could give you the option to invest in your favorite startup if they were in, in like listed on Carta X. So like for Stripe, for example, if Stripe were on Carta X, you could buy uh, shares in Stripe before they IPO. Um, so obviously outside of Stripe, just being a cool company, um, it you know would give people the option to uh, make a, a lot of money potentially. And like the reason that these platforms are like the private liquidation option is so appealing is that sometimes in these companies, especially when the valuation gets high, employees don't have enough liquidity to buy all of the options and shares that they're owed. Um, and this kind of like circumvents that. So like, for example, maybe you're a, an early employee at Stripe if you wanted to buy out all of your options, it might be worth like 2 million, 10 million dollars, like, like really high. Cause Stripe is a billion dollar many times over company. So like it just gives you the option to like sell them now, even if you didn't have the money to pay for them at a strike price. Yeah. It's a, it's a really cool way of going about it. I think we talked about something before jumping on about like the regulation for what we're going to talk about later on um i would like straight away from that conversation we had before this think like why has nobody done this before maybe they have but also like the regulation piece um i feel like i feel like it's too clear cut of an opportunity to be like hey we're just going to do the same thing that public markets have but for private companies and in in a cool platform you know um so i guess we'll see on that one but that's really cool especially with the example of like just not having enough liquid capital to buy your, uh, you know, whatever your shares you have, especially if the company's valuation is just like increased so much since you, since you joined. Um, and yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to like see longer term in like your own investment portfolio, like how would private companies come into it? Cause like typically in the past, you've never been able to invest in a private company unless you have like a lot of money or you have like an in or whatever. So yeah. It should be pretty pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in terms of uh, other follow-ups, not really another follow-up, but it is a section that I think we're going to include every week, uh, the SPAC of the week. So um, SPAC, special purpose acquisition, whatever, that we've talked <laughs> about a couple of times. Um, so this week's SPAC of the week is for uh, an electric vehicle. I mean, this is the most 2021 SPAC of the week possible um it's a an electric vehicle company called lucid motors um going public via spac at a 24 billion dollar valuation um it's a i think it's the highest valuation ever spac to date um some other notable spacs that have happened uh in the last couple of weeks there's a spac from shaquille o'neal the nba player or a former nba player um the a guy who was the ceo of tiktok did a spac kevin meyer mayor um and this is probably just the in most a spare time like just did a just did a spac while running tiktok yeah yeah um and this is probably the most left field one uh martin luther king's son is uh is doing a spac so yes that is the martin luther king the civil rights guy his son is doing a spac so not not sure what about but uh spacs are cool and we're going to keep talking about them. And 
if you want advice on SPAC, email me at liam at spacs.com. <laughs> um, <laughs> I should probably try and buy a domain related to that because people seem to care a lot about SPACs and they're outpacing IPOs so far this year. Yeah, I saw that stat as well. It's funny how this Lucid uh, Motors company literally just looks like a Porsche of electric cars. It literally just looks like a way cooler, more expensive upmarket Tesla. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you check out their site? Yeah. Like I'd, yeah. I'd buy one. I'd buy one of these. Maybe not now, but they look pretty sick. Yeah, I mean, like I would probably uh, buy stock in them just because YOLO. Like just because 2021, uh, yeah, it's publicly I mean, traded now through the SPAC, or it's probably on the way. I'd say, uh, no, I think it's trading. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool to check out, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, we also had Dispo to talk through, so like, I think introducing a little bit seems to be just like a sort of clubhouse for photos. I mean, like. Personally, I didn't really think Clubhouse was that really cool of a thing. I think it's just an alternate means for social media and it's exclusive and that's kind of where the, the poll is. Obviously, it doesn't have an ad revenue um, that's coming from like Facebook, Google, Pinterest, all those other folks. Um, so people see it as like a real pure kind of thing. But I know you had a follow or not a follow, but I know you had something kind of in more depth about it, but seems to be like on the rise. Um, and it's just funny when you think about it. It's just like, Clubhouse is just like podcasts, like the social media for podcasts or whatever. This is, seems to be just like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Cause like Instagram is like the social for photography or whatever. So how, how are these guys different? It like give it all, but everyone seems to be talking about it. So it must be, it must be something must be there. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, the kind of core of it is that if you take a photo you have to wait until the next morning for the photo to develop. So Dispo comes from disposable camera. Um, and like, that's basically it. There's no filters. Uh, you can't use flash. Uh, you can like, share, comment on people's roles. Um, and there's like themes. But like the more interesting part about this is that it's invite only. So just ripping off the exact model that helped Clubhouse uh, grow so quickly. Um this one hit its 10K user limit already. Um, so like they would probably do the same thing as Clubhouse. I know everyone seems to be talking about Clubhouse lately. Uh, and a lot of that is like kind of related to the fake hype cycle that they create by making it invite only, waitlist, blah, blah, whatever. Superhuman did it like two years ago. Um, it still works now. But like all of these things are like, they're not really exclusive at all, but they pretend to be in. It works. It's actually funny. Like you see the same thing. There's a lot of e-com brands that starting to do like drops and stuff um, yeah. and just creating this fake scarcity. It does actually work. Um, and the only like last thing that I would say about this Dispo thing uh, is it started by some guy called David Dobrik, who apparently is a, a YouTuber or a TikTok influencer or some shit like that. Um, but like his company is pre-revenue. It's already valued at $200 million. Um, already has like, significant amount of investment and like i don't know it's a it's a very 2021 story i guess we'll see uh see how it plays out um yeah mad yeah. he's just uh <clears throat> the guy's only 24 um yeah. and apparently the background on him is that he had also early success with like vine so like everyone remembers vine 
kind of crash and burn. Don't even think it's still around. Um, but it's interesting, like how these sort of new socials or like it's, it's almost like that thing we did in college, like what's a trend versus a fad. Um, I honestly think like these things kind of seem a bit more like fads. Uh, but then you never know if a trend is a fad or vice versa. Um, but like when this guy had worked on Vine or had been like an influencer on that before, like I don't even think Vine's going around anymore. So no, um, no, Twitter bought Vine and then shut it uh, down. Shut down. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like I mean, TikTok is just basically the same as Vine. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like fundamentally, like there's not really much you can change apart from like images or videos and then like a social network or community around it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all smoke. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It, it honestly is. And especially when I see straight away, like the news articles for, uh, for, I actually forgot what it's called, uh, <laughs> for the, uh, dispo thing. Um, like yeah. Jake, Jack Paul, uh, Jake Paul, even I always mix it up um he's like first thing straight away is he's uh talking about it like yeah. talking about the release and just like clips of him talking about it. it's just like yeah that the hype cycle has uh has begun yeah um, it's number five in the photo and video category in the app store so like people are uh people are using it for sure i think there is something i mean it is like interesting a little bit that it's like you take a photo and you don't see it until the next day i mean it is like somewhat differentiated the cool thing about snapchat before was that like it was gone after 24 hours now this value prop is like it kind of takes like it's not there until the next day or a certain amount of hours so um i don't know like like where, where does it go from here like you, you uh you take a photo and it only you have to go back in time to see it or it comes out in a, a week or a month i'm gonna just start an app called uh, time capsule you don't you don't get to see it for 10 years and then i'm gonna raise a bunch of money and uh sell see it, how it goes. yeah i mean at this stage it's all just smoke anyway so why not yeah it's funny how these are all just ideas for instagram just to to copy like you saw it with reels and tiktok um yeah probably gonna see it with this you saw it even with like stories uh well stories is just an og snapchat yeah exactly yeah right so it's funny how all these companies think they're gonna make it to get a lot of money and then instagram's just like swat just like oh i'll take that idea and then just add yeah. it to their own um, i mean zuck just like demolishes people yeah he's a he's one man some man for one man um so i think i had a couple of cool things um one of the first was you know that company barstool um i think i misunderstood what they did before and maybe don't fully understand but it's pretty funny that they essentially like launched an ETF to like track the Reddit stocks, um, the, the Wall Street bet Reddit stocks. Um, so anyone not familiar, Wall Street bets is just like a subreddit of Reddit. Um, people just like talking about hyping up different stocks, uh, yellow stocks, all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, the ticker is called Buzz. That's so funny. This is smart. I like this already. <laughs> but like when I when I read it, I was like literally read it i guess um when i saw it and i was like this is like literally just taking that other tool that's just aggregating all the information of like sentiments and replies and just like putting it into an etf and then just tracking it i was like you know it's almost like when people have enough power to like make something like this work 
Like I, I would not have any power to like get something like this going. But like that's such a smart idea. Like even if the downside, even if the risk is like not that big in terms of ups or down, it's like you're literally tracking like millions of people's opinions of stocks and whatever. Um, and I thought it was like so so interesting. Um, have you so have you heard of Barstool before? Yeah, yeah. It's like a big okay. like media conglomerate. Um, yeah, I think they're actually uh, they were an early investor in the hustle, I believe, as well. Um, but yeah, like Barstool Sports, Barstool Brands, Barstool, uh, like they have a couple of different cool things in the works. Um, yeah, but yeah, this is definitely cool. Yeah, and on, on the same note of like uh, media conglomerates, I was on The Verge uh, earlier on about this, this cool uh, acquisition I came across, but in the actual article. And I haven't really saw it. Maybe I don't really read too many, you know, of the crappier. You can read. I try to. (laughs) I try to. I mean, sometimes the words don't really look as they should be said. And hence why I can never pronounce anything that's out of the ordinary. Or if I try to, it's very bad. Um, But they had such a cool feature. It's like, it's like literally like an audio file, which is like, obviously you can do it yourself. You can just copy everything and add it to whatever tool i've done it before um when you're trying to like crunch all the information for like a college uh, assignment and you're trying to like listen to it while going to sleep um jokes but not really kind of did it once or twice but um they have this thing where it basically like has an audio file of the entire um article and then it looks like a podcast so i like clicked on it and it's just like somebody talking about it in like not a robotic voice and i was like oh that's pretty sick um but the article that I want to share was actually Roku made an acquisition of Nielsen. So OG. Um, but I think the whole idea behind there. So Roku is obviously the, the TV provider also kind of dabbling in the media space. Um, which is funny because I think like TV providers getting into like the ad space is like so clever, but it's also like, why did they not do it from the get go? But Roku seems to be at least on your Roku TV. Um, they seem to be like pushing sort of, specific ads and and stuff like that um yeah but the reason why they acquired this nielsen company or this whatever uh business was to get like better targeting instead of just like blasting like i don't know whatever shitty ads you see on roku it's like more custom and tailored to like i think it's meant to be like your whatever stuff you're interested or whatever you watch on roku i don't know how that those analytics would link up like is it going to just show you like chess boards after watching that a Netflix chat series, I don't know, but I thought it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, have you saw that feature that The Verge has, or like, have you got anything to, to mention on that? I thought it was pretty cool. Um, the only interesting thing I can say about this is that um, in the Nielsen office that I worked in in Ireland, there was a unit that was like would fall under this kind of arm of Nielsen, um, and they were doing like video like targeting advertising analytics and stuff in Ireland. That would have been even like four years ago now, which is interesting. Um, uh, I was actually like thinking about trying to get a job in that department before uh, I ended up deciding to move to Canada. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Nielsen actually have a couple of, like the problem with Nielsen actually is that by the time that all of this tech became big, like Nielsen have been doing this for like decades, you know, they're just like, yeah too big of a company they move too slow they have too much overhead um but there's like honestly tons of shit that like nielsen has that is really cool if uh 
smaller, more nimble tech startup was to get control of it um, or a tech sturdy vibe kind of company. They have another thing like Nielsen do tons of analytics on like live sports and stuff like to in a crazy level of granularity that people would never even know or understand. And it's, again, it's not their core business. It's another thing they do. Um, Nielsen have another business arm that does stuff with uh, like song digital signatures to see what people are like listening to what songs and stuff but I don't know if that was like it was like a similar thing to Shazam kind of but like with the advertising focus I don't know they have like honestly like so many cool things under their umbrella like if Nielsen started today and was like just hiring like smart young driven people or whatever it would be such a cool business but they just are they're like they're they were doing this like literally so long ago that they just have too much like legacy tech debt and overhead and people that are just like worked there for 40 years and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they talk, their uh, stock is pretty tanked. Uh, 8 billion market cap and only $24 a share. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Nielsen though. Gave me my, gave me my star. <laughs> shout out yeah. to everyone in the city West Nielsen office in Ireland. On the boys, on the boys. Um, yeah. Yeah, those those first job experiences were always so uh, so interesting, wasn't it? It's funny how back then we thought, like, oh, got a job, doing bits and bobs here and there. And it's funny how, like, all of it was just, like, so not, like, sales at all. I know you were doing, like, sales volume information and stuff for, like, a couple of Oh, yeah, it was, Ireland. like, nothing like what I'm doing now, though. Yeah. I sales would run like the, the sales team in that Nielsen office that- now. <laughs> crack them into shape um, yeah yeah um so let's see here i think um so a couple of like kind of th- themes or things i see trending a lot more nowadays are like stuff for, uh, related to like drones uh like stuff related to like tele helicopters i think um i can't really get that company but like some maybe amazon or something but like a massive stake or maybe they acquired some like like for like a robotic helicopter company and stuff. I was like all this like mobility, which was like hundred percent, like a massive trend, uh, like a couple of years ago. And it probably still has been a trend, but I think it's just like way more, um, people on it now. Like, I mean, Andreessen Horowitz got into, um, this company. I'm just loading up. So I can't remember the name of them. Um, sky, Geo, uh, an uh, anonymous drone maker, pretty sick. Um, but Andreessen Horowitz, obviously a massive, uh, you know, VC kind of um, business that you know provides all these companies like funding and kind of gets in, helps them whatever grow. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that I keep seeing more and more drone makers and this, that, and the other. Like, how far ahead do you think we are, or how, how long do you think it'll take until like this shit will be like? mainstream like you'll be getting like amazon packages like to like your your condo like yeah i was gonna say amazon are already doing shit with drones so yeah i mean if my boy bezos has anything to do with it i imagine it's uh probably not not too far distant future i know he's out of the picture now and he's like exiting at the end of this year but like but he's building uh, a space company as well so like i don't know like within hard to say mainstream but three to five years 
What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair time horizon. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, when you think about Tesla, like, that was, like, what, well, I don't know, the actual time horizon, but, like, maybe five, ten years ago, five to eight years ago, it was, like, not, not really a thing and completely. Yeah, I think they started in, like, 2005 or six. It yeah, was but a like, lot of just, like, prototypes and shit at the start. Yeah, but, like, nowadays you'll see a Tesla, like, whenever you're walking down the street, like, they're so common. Um, you know, it could just be, like, an overnight thing that we'll just see, like, packages being dropped and stuff. Just so cool. It, all, it just reminds you, like, a sci-fi movie or something. Um, but, I mean, a lot of people put a lot of money in that know a lot about things that are important. So, or at least I think they know what they're, they're doing, like the folks yeah. that... Uh, Andreessen Horowitz so yeah yeah could be well, like I think all of those like really good VCs like the Sequoia guy was saying it that like they look like 10 years ahead when they're kind of making investment decisions and they think they all aim to make a lot of bets and hope that they're right because the the upside is like so large you know like yeah I think it's pretty obvious that whoever gets drones and like commercializes them the right way whoever gets drones to where they need to be is going to be rich as fuck especially for like with the pandemic autonomous delivery uh, amazon are going to be a big part of it i imagine because like they're going to be the world's biggest logistics company that's all they are the e-commerce is like a side thing um and then there's like uh all the stuff they do with aws all that sort of stuff amazon are going to rule they're going to be they're going to rule the world yeah, I just finished uh, like last week or week before the Bezonomics book. Uh, pretty, pretty sick read. I'm trying to find uh, the author because it's obviously not not Bezos, not not Bezo himself. Um, not JB. Not JB. Um, but the book itself by Mark Dumain. Great name. Um, sick. Yeah, talks about how yeah pretty much like everything else is just like amazon's bets into other things and they're really just like a really diverse uh portfolio of companies obviously uh you know e-commerce is like a massive massive part of things um but yeah the logistics like i, I keep seeing again like more more stuff around like third party logistics um i think i saw like target walmart some of the big retailers are like pushing like two-day shipping yeah like, I don't know. I always think when you just hear it, see so many companies just like all talking about literally trying to get to the same level of Amazon. I'm like, will there literally just be like trucks driving around like all the time? Like, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm still shocked. I think I've said it on this. I've definitely said it to you off, off the pod. Um, still shocked when you get like a book literally the, the morning after you order it um, the night before. It's just like blows yeah. my mind. Soon it'll be like yeah. the same. Well, you can get same day now sometimes. Soon it'll be like the like three hours, two hours, one hour, 10 seconds instantly. Then it'll be like you'll be going back in time to get your Amazon. Like <laughs> it's there already. You just think about it. Yeah, that'll be next level. Just like tapping into everyone's brains. Just like ordering it through your, through your mind and stuff. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe that'll, that'll, that'll probably be a couple of centuries ahead of time um mm. and yeah i think last thing for me i think uh there was two two kind of cool things um one's kind of quick enough just around lime uh scooters so they raised or they put money towards an expansion 
Um, I definitely remember like conversations, uh, having her conversations about them uh, expanding into Canada, which is pretty, pretty sick. Um, so Lime is just like a scooter company. Uh, I think they have like bikes and stuff. So it's like general mobility stuff. Um, but I remember using a scooter around San Francisco when I was there probably nearly like two years. Yeah. Two years ago at this stage, it was Patty's day, whatever, 2019. Um, but it was so much fun. Like honestly, like the scooters and when they're like fast, man, you can like rip it on the scooter. Um, so I'm hoping that Lime, uh, their expansion Toronto is, is within that. Um, but have you ever had it? Have you ever used a scooter like, like that yeah. anywhere? Yeah, it's never. It's no, it's a it's a big regret. Um, hopefully they they launch them in Toronto soon because I'll be I'll be ripping around my my best uh, or worst scooter experience is some moron who fucking scooted into me while I was running on the Toronto waterfront. Um, so fuck you if you're listening to that guy. Um, <laughs> oh. that that's basically my my whole experience with electric scooters cool category though i think like drones mobility scooters uh 3pl so it's all, it's all kind of like similar shit and logistics mobility i don't know it's interesting it's cool cool shit yeah um especially even more fun and i definitely don't recommend it too often after having a few beers just hopping on the scooter because like you can rent them for however many hours and like yeah. you park it and like it'll like lock to like a code or some shit. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, so you literally have it like you go out for dinner in a normal world, hop on the scooter after and scoot back. Um, Cause like remember in the summertime in Toronto, like people on bikes, uh, at least like when you're like, if you were like going to that festival on the island or something, like people are just like biking around, like locked. Like remember that carnival yeah. festival that used to be kind of near the condo? Um, yeah it's a disaster trying to cycle back through that yeah just like like, i I used to be like trying to cycle back through that when i was locked and then they would be locked as well yeah "Yeah, it's rough cycling locked is kind of funny though like i don't know is it illegal to cycle drunk yeah i think it's just illegal to like because all this is hypothetical but yeah of course um um, i have a great hypothetical story like just get an anecdote in here yeah. Um, I remember, uh, you know, the Dublin bikes in Dublin mm-hmm. city center. So, uh, I think we just finished exams or something in college, university, whatever. Um, and then I was like in the Bernard Shaw drinking with the lads. Hypothetically. I was down there, isn't it? Yeah. I'm afraid so. Uh, this was back in the OG days of Dublin, maybe like four ish years ago, four or five years ago. But, uh, so probably had, a, I don't know, I was drinking there from like four in the day to like 12 at night yeah hypothetically um and then like this is where the story gets real bad so me and uh my hypothetical friend adam o'rudin decided we want to go to district eight <laughs> and not that far had, no no well like it's only like across the dublin city center it's like a 20 minute cycle depends how hypothetically inebriated you might be but uh i had a dublin bike card but adam didn't so it was like two of us hypothetically on the same bike swerving through like dublin city center traffic at like 12 o'clock on a friday night um and like just find it hilarious how drunk we hypothetically both were trying to get across dublin season like we were drinking for like uh like eight eight nine hours 
Like I, sm- I hypothetically smashed Paul Haslam's phone on the ground before we left because he wouldn't come with us and broke his uh, screen. Um, it was good fun though, hypothetically. That's a real hypothetical uh, drunk yeah. game thing to do. Um, yeah, I mean, we could tell some more hypothetical drunk game stories. There's a good one with you and me in Toronto, but we'll save well, it for another podcast. Yeah, I think we got to save save the juicy ones for a non kind of you know, weekly kind of stuff that we're interested in, just like the pure bants and pure, pure laugh. Um, definitely a couple of uh, little, little um, campsite stories, as they might say. Um, but yeah, you'd miss it, wouldn't you? Just like, yeah. Um, well, if they're opening back up, you know, maybe soon. Yeah, that, the scooter, Toronto Sun. I mean, there's 10 degrees at one point today, 10 above freezing that's uh it's been i think literally at the start of the week it was minus 20 real feel so um global warming is real kids um but yeah i'm looking forward to it um yeah you see bill gates has a book on climate change that came out like a week or two ago yeah i saw him um all those netflix series they did just like talking about how he just like becomes like a crazy crazy subject matter expert in like anything he wants yeah just he reads by, like, like 20 books yeah not a bad way of going about it i mean kind of like copying up everyone else's ideas writing his own book and just making money off it but i don't think that guy needs to make money it's probably no. for his, his social causes but um yeah what what have you heard on it good bad and different no just uh like all, all the comments on um on the like amazon reviews are like this guy is trying to like brainwash people with his coronavirus vaccine, all this crazy bullshit. It's actually just getting like way more hate. None of it's about the book or anything. Um, which is That's funny. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Climate change actually like interests me for a number of reasons. So um if I can see some legitimate reviews and find out if it's good or bad, I, I might pick it up. Yeah. You know? if, I have a lot of no. books already on the go. Yeah, I was going to say, it's almost hard to, you know, you're going to put it on another list or another shelf to be read. It's just like, ah, sometimes you just got to bulk up on them and then gradually get down. Like, it's better, I think, to have like one, two days or whatever time, just like not having something. Because then you're like, oh, now you can think about what you more want to get as opposed to like buying everything that you, you come across, you think is good. At least that's what I do um yeah when i actually uh when i finished my most recent book before what i'm reading now uh i had like uh, like five or six books to choose between what i was going to read next and i didn't know what i wanted to read next so i was like i'm actually just going to not read until like i like my brain decides for me um and then like a couple days passed and then i was like oh i actually know exactly what i want to read and now i'm now i'm reading that yeah it's um some i don't know sometimes it's almost like oh i want to read the same thing about another company that started up and they did this really cool thing blah 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 or i want to read this other thing about like productivity or whatever sometimes it's just like good to read something that like you're not familiar with at all like i'm Mm. reading that uh and uh you know classic me don't know what it's called um the one about statistics it's like oh naked statistics yeah yeah i knew it was kind of a weird weird name but so interesting yeah. especially i think i the books i enjoy most have like a common 
common thing about them. It's like each chapter, because I'm literally like a little bit slow, each chapter has to have like some sort of summary. That book doesn't have it, but sometimes the summaries are key because like, like I said, um, a little slow. Um, but what they also have is like just like a dumbed down version. Like that subreddit you showed me, I think, on the last Explain time. like on five. Yeah. Just like yeah. doing that for, for things in books is like so helpful. Like I was learning about like standard deviations and all this like real like when I say it out, I'm like, this sounds so boring. But just like the context he gives and the way he explains it, you're like, oh, like that makes sense. You know, mm. um, not that I didn't know roughly speaking what standard deviation was or anything, but it's also like you kind of forget about particular things and how, how useful or not useful they are in day to day. Um, any common like trends or themes and like books that you've uh, read of the last while that you really, really resonate, really like? Yeah. Um, it's actually funny. I, a lot of books that I bought completely independent of each other actually ended up being somewhat related. Um, so I read a book called uh, How to Lie with Statistics. And then I, I started reading uh, Naked Statistics afterwards. And Naked Statistics was written as like a tribute or a homage to how to lie with statistics. Uh, the author of Naked Statistics had read it and was like, oh, I really like this book. I'm going to write another modern day updated version of it because how to lie with statistics was like a book in the 60s or 70s or something. Um, so definitely like data is a consistent thing. Statistics, that sort of stuff. I do tend to go back to that now and then. Um, that book, uh, How to Excel at Math and Algebra, whatever it's called, um, that's actually very similar to Moon Walking with Einstein. They're both about mm. kind of like memory and learning. Um, so that's kind of a similar theme. Um, another similar theme that I've kind of always reading about is copywriting or positioning, um, like product positioning. So I read The Jobs to Be Done playbook. That's kind of about product positioning uh hooked is about like making products that customers love and you know building habit forming products so product design kind of similar like thread and kind of related um so yeah like product design uh data learning and then kind of similar to product design positioning and copywriting are pretty similar so I recently read uh, Elements of Style, the copywriter's handbook. Um, I'm currently reading a book called Obviously Awesome, which is about product positioning. So, yeah. I kind of want to read something completely awesome. different. Yeah, yeah. what's your uh, non-fiction talk? Yeah, non-fiction selection like? Those are all non-fiction. Fuck, I knew I mixed it up. Uh, what's your fiction selection like? I haven't read a fiction book in years and I actually asked my, my brother reads only fiction and he sent me oh, really? a, yeah. Um, and I was talking to him the other week and, uh, he asked me what I want for my birthday and he was like, Shout I out the birthday that was yesterday, March yeah. 2nd, just got a date. just so people know just in Shout case you get loads birthday. of, you know, people send you flowers and stuff in the years to come. Yeah, I mean, I'm still still checking for your present every day. Maybe it'll arrive. I don't know why it's taking so long, but um, we'll see. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe when I see you in person. Oh, little teaser. 
Um, but yeah, so he sent me some, they're like graphic novels, which I guess is the adult version of a comic book. Um, he said that these are good and that I'll, I'll like them or something. So I don't know. I'll give them a, a flick through when I'm, when I'm feeling it. I know another really good fiction book that I've heard from everyone is insanely good. Is that, you know, that movie ready player one, apparently the book is like a million times better. And the movie was pretty good. Yeah. Apparently like I've heard like adults talk about it, that like, it's a great fiction book. Um, Yeah. It's by Spielberg legend. Well, that's the movie. Yeah. But, oh, so he just, he didn't like write the actual thing itself then. No, like it was a book first. I see, I see. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to check a Slack channel that I'm a part of for the one book that I thought you were going to ask or I thought you were going to say when you were given a kind of that uh, explanation. Uh, oh, there it is, book club. Because um, there's this one book that everyone said that I should read. And I'm just pulling it up here. Um, yeah, the, yeah, Ready Player One was one that someone said. But also, do do do. Okay. Oh, there we go. The the alchemist. Like. Oh the, yeah, I think Tim Ferriss has talked about that too. I've heard yeah, that mentioned loads of times. Ten people on the same thread was like, "Yeah, I would read the alchemist. I would read the alchemist." It's like, like, do you not see everyone saying that? Yeah. Um. Cool. So I think that's us pretty much con concluded as far as the uh, the rotor for the roster for today goes um any final thoughts on uh, everything we just chatted about uh no this is probably like my 10th hour of call say so my voice oh. is about to go here <laughs> uh this is a good episode though i think and uh yeah i'm up by the alchemist so i see it has forty thousand positive reviews on amazon yeah um, so i might get it yeah yeah you should um all right kids we out we out peace